dig up that old fossil. Going into Toshi Station to pick up some power converters. That's not a moon. We're all fine here. No, thank you. How are you? Welcome to the Star Wars News Podcast. I'm Dan Vandebunker. And I'm Kenton Larson. It's been a week and a bit. How long has it been since FanQuest? Just over a week since yeah, FanQuest you, ended. You've just had a little bit of a chance to recover from your... And by the way, if no, nobody knows, that's your big event that you plan, that we call DanQuest. And You're the only was, one who calls it that. That I call DanQuest. And a week ago you had it, and you were run off your feet. Actually, I, it wasn't that bad. Well, I remember you saying... I would actually like to enjoy fan. Quest. I did. I remember you saying that. I did. that was a very good line. Yes. I I myself would like to enjoy this instead of have to run it. I did. I did and both. You did both. Yes. yes. I did manage to successfully do both. Although I missed out on a lot of Kevin McDonald stuff on Sunday, which mm-hmm. I regret. I wish I'd been more into his panels and stuff. But I had other stuff to do. I had to drive um, Ambush Vin, our friend Ambush Vin. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Star Wars rapper. I'd drive him to the airport uh, to catch his flight, <laughs> which was delayed anyway, so it didn't even oh, matter. Shoot. You know, of course. He's like, dropping him off. He's like, uh, I hope this flight uh, changes my opinion of United. <laughs> He's flown United uh, on the way back he, uh, there. Yeah. And it didn't. <laughs> so he uh, got in there and he found out that it was delayed and they had to put him up overnight in the hotel. Really? Yeah, yeah it was pretty crazy. Oh, my God. So really delayed. Yes. Yeah, uh, so he could have stayed there right till the end of the con. You know, and I could have seen the Kevin oh. McDonald stuff. But anyway. Oh, uh, brother. One of the highlights- and I didn't meet him. I didn't meet him. Uh, I saw him. I, I, I have evidence of seeing him in person. He sat at the end. I think I was in the front row for Pablo. And he oh, was for like, his uh, solo presentation. Yeah, and, he, and when I looked right, I saw him coming in yeah. or sitting. I can't remember what it was. And I was like, after this, I'm going to go say hello. And uh, he was already no. gone. So yeah, I, he was, I he never was, had the he chance. He had a great time. He was very mobile, uh, yeah. moving around at the con, talking to a lot of people. He did a little freestyle on his uh I was a rap on the atrium speaker, so he mm-hmm. did like for the whole con, and then he did a performance in the in the theater as well. Um, and yeah, the highlight for me, I mean, obviously a lot of it was about Star Wars for me because uh, of Pablo being here, Pablo Hidalgo from Lucasfilm. Uh, great uh, moments with him, including the award ceremony mm-hmm. uh, that we briefly talked about uh, last episode when we had him on. But uh, the college, of course, where we work and where we record this podcast and where FanQuest was held. Um, is the same college at which Pablo was a grad of our program, Creative Communications, and uh, and the college gave him a Distinguished Alumni Award, mm-hmm. which is something they don't do all the time, and it just happened to work out that Pablo was coming here, so they gave it to him. And, and, uh, and I've been lobbying for that with an assignment <laughs> that I give the students for, like, I don't know, 12 years? Yeah. It's been many years yeah. that I've been using that assignment. So, so now we yeah. have a, a real-life um, scenario for which to base that assignment on. Say, listen, this is possible because Dan did it. Yeah. So, so you and tell gr- them that. And Greedo showed up. And Greedo showed up. Very <laughs> tall, right. skinny Greedo. Uh, yeah, I wonder who that was. <laughs> I even tagged him on that, and he didn't like it. Oh. <laughs> anyway. He he makes a that's of course Chris Reed, our yeah. friend Chris Reed. And he uh, he makes a very good Darth Maul as well. Really? Not Darth Maul, sorry, rather um, uh, Kylo Ren. Kylo Ren. Oh, he, good he for had him. a very customized um, uh, lightsaber that he made. Like he did it, customized it to make it look like rough, like mm-hmm. like Kylo Ren's lightsaber is. So yeah, we had the those were members of the five hundred first. The local five hundred first came in and marched in. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had a, a great looking. Um, uh, Greedo, of course, is a member of that group, but also some really great Mandalorian armor come mm-hmm. in, and a, and one stormtrooper, one short stormtrooper, and uh, and it was great to have those guys come in and, and be a part of that ceremony. We gave Pablo the jersey, the the Jetswing jersey. Of course, it's a combination of Star Wars and the Winnipeg Jets, two of his favorite fandoms. He loved that, and so that during that moment when I'm sitting there and he's giving his little speech about the acceptance speech for the award, that was one of my moments where I had this is awesome. This is all Aww. worth it. Everything we did. 
regardless of the outcome of the event and how well it was attended. And it was okay. It was attended pretty well. Um, but that was that was all worth it for me, and that was a great moment. The other great moment was uh, when we got to sit down with Pablo in the podcast booth yeah. here. And I'm lucky because I got to do two podcasts both day, like one podcast per day at the end of the day. And Saturday did an episode of Super Pulp Science with Greg Kamichuk and Justin Curry and Lyndon and Steve who launched their new comic book. And then on Sunday, we sat down with Pablo and we did a, a quick Star Wars Nerds. And the funny thing is this all came out of a love of podcasting. This mm-hmm. whole thing started when we went to C4 in like 2014, like four years ago, and we did live podcasting at the event. You remember that? I do. We shared a table with a bunch of other, other podcasters. We formed the Manitoba Podcast Network, the now defunct Manitoba Podcast <laughs> Network. Um, a, yeah, they wouldn't pay their dues, well, <laughs> those cheap bastards. And they, they probably won't pay for their hosting that's either. Right, that's that's right. where, where did the podcast go? No, I don't that's know. That's where it went. Um, so anyway, we did that, and that led me to get involved with C4, which led me to kind of fall in love with organizing the events, which led me to start FanQuest after I left C4. And so this all came from podcasting. So really my favorite thing to do with these events is to podcast. Yeah. And so we did two great episodes o- over the weekend, and, uh, and it was a lot of fun. And it was a thrill having Pablo back on because so much has happened in the three years since he was on last uh, that we were able to kind of – it's too bad we didn't have more time with him, but we got a lot of stuff out of him while we had him. Oh, yeah. It was great. And and uh, I – I always I got a million questions that I always want to ask him and and but he I mean I love that he reminded us he reminds me every time but I'm just so excited when I see it and I just ask him every Star Wars question I've got but really what what it comes down to and he works for Lucasfilm so if it hasn't been announced it doesn't exist right and 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 that's something that I think a lot of podcasters um, could probably stand to remember that if nothing and and I, even I thought that the Boba Fett movie was official, but he said, "Oh no, that's what Hollywood Reporter reported." Oh, but, the, the but, story was that James Mangold had been assigned to direct it, and that was right. it. But they hadn't the Lucasfilm had actually not announced the film yet, right? And so that's you know so that was a tip. It wasn't a it wasn't a, well, an official anything. Yesterday yeah. there was this kind of tweet going around. I don't remember who originated it, but it was like, "What is one question about your profession that nobody gets?" Or whatever. Remember, did you see oh, that? Oh, I've been seeing that. So that, that kind around, of came yeah. around Twitter, and I saw Pablo respond to that, and his response was. Um, what you're, if what you're seeing seems like news, it's probably been old news to us for a long time or something. Like whatever mm-hmm. is making news today has been in development for a very long time, so it's not new. It's been well thought out, and that's what their strategy is: is to think everything out properly. And he took kind of a PR side to it, which I understand. He has to. Yes, that was his, that was his job. He worked for years. <laughs> he worked in the PR department at Lucasfilm, so he knows what that's all about. Um, so yeah, you keep asking about future stuff and he keeps kind of sidestepping your Although questions. Although I was sort of trying to do, I was trying to do that. I mean, the first time was a joke when I asked him, I asked him when I said, if there was such a thing as these movies, then would they continue the solo story? And sort of like an if, like a hypothetical, which I know nobody likes answering those, but I did it more as a joke than anything but the second time i was just i was just geeking out when i asked him about the midi chlorians film that (laughs) that george lucas had been talking about because that was something that george lucas brought up and right that's what i thought too. that was like that's not a real thing so he can talk about that a little bit and it's funny because when he went on cgob our uh, radio station here in winnipeg uh the weekend the day morning before FanQuest, our friend brett Brett mcgarry asked him about that exact same thing about the idea Mm -hmm. the the report at the time the, the story was that they're scaling back the anthology films because of yeah. the failure of Solo or whatever. 
And I didn't realize this at the time as I went back and, and caught up on some of Brett's podcast episodes. He does a show called The Couch Potatoes, uh, which is a great show about movies and TV. Um, they had spent a whole segment on that story the week before. And I didn't know that because I hadn't listened to it. But he, I guess because he just talked about it on his podcast, he felt the need to ask Pablo about it on the morning show of the station. And uh, Pablo had the same answer. Yeah. He's like, we're, we're, we're not responding to anything that hasn't been announced yet. And that, those have not been announced. And so that was, you know. That it's, seems fair. It's pre- although he did okay. So I was gonna say I actually have my questions that I yeah. didn't note for Pablo. And so the, my first question, uh, which uh, which of course we couldn't get an answer to, is all, are are the spinoff films on hold? On hold, um, and we don't know. Um, um, and then the one I did ask him: uh, Will Obi Wan or a Boba Fett film take place where Solo left off? And uh, and he was like, "Let me get this straight. You're asking me to." Things that haven't been announced. And I was like, well, Boba Fett was. And he's like, no. Oh, no, it wasn't. And I was like, huh. Hmm. <laughs> so there's that one. Um, is Lando in episode nine? Like, there's no way we'd get that. But I was like, that was my a wish that I that we might find out. Um, I asked him about the Lucas uh, treatments. And, like, I'm curious to know. And I, I didn't ask him. But a, a yes or no answer would have been fine. And maybe I'll ask him next time. But. Does he can he read the has he read the Lucas treatments for what would have been oh, the Lucas trilogy? Like you don't have to tell us what's in them. Have you read them? Yeah. Um. Uh. How great are the fans? How bad are the trolls? <laughs> I was gonna ask him. I think we know They're the right. answer to that. We sort of covered that a little bit. Um. And uh, I think that's really. Let me see. Those are like oh, and the last one was when remember when he came here. He came here a few years before Force Awakens, and he actually put the order of the films from his favorite to uh, his not favorite uh, when he was here, and and that's when we found out that Pablo ranked Revenge of the Sith higher than Return of the Jedi. Yes, which was really interesting. I was gonna ask him. Uh, we ran out of time, but I was gonna ask him. Do you have a new order now with the new films, or he would have to? But is there a new order that you would rank these films in? Uh, just based on conversations I had with him over mm-hmm. the weekend and and from other stuff I've I've seen of him, I would imagine that uh, Rogue One would have made its way into that top top three, maybe above Revenge of the Sith. Rogue One is certainly his favorite of the new films, and that's because he had, I, he had a lot. He had some interesting experiences. He reported live from the set of Rogue One. He was a it was a it was the first time they were doing one of these standalone films. So mm. there was a, some different world building involved. And that's really what he does is world building, right? Like he just fills in the details for all this stuff that that the filmmaker doesn't necessarily think about, but they need it to make it seem like it's a more real world. Um I had some questions for him that I totally forgot about until I rewatched The Last Jedi this weekend. It's on Netflix now of course. So yeah. I, I rewatched it over the weekend. And I really should have asked him about the decision to not write out Carrie Fisher in yeah. in The Last Jedi. That's something because he says he's happy to talk about the past uh, films. That's the past film. So I th- would have really liked to hear heard his insight. They had a note. They didn't take it. And now they're kind of stuck with this issue about how to get Carrie Fisher out of the series, but at the same time give her a good send off and, and be true to the character. So there's some issues there that I wish I'd asked him about for sure. Well, yeah, and and I've been hearing uh, more and more people talking about that decision, let's just say, 
Uh, you, you know how this the Star Wars podcasters are at each other's throats these days, and you and I, we don't have a horse in this race. We just love Star Wars. Well, and, 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 and rewatching the film, by but, the way, I rewatched it, and it's funny how that brings something going to Netflix brings it back into the conversation because mm-hmm. nobody was talking about the Last Jedi last week, and all of a sudden it's back on Netflix, and everybody's watching it, which shows you again how many people are actually buying DVDs out there. Yeah, how many people are just going to wait for it to come to Netflix? Um, but that rewatching the film, I. It reinforced my love of the movie. It really mm-hmm. is a great movie. I really enjoyed it. I enjoyed the surprises, the twists, the turns. I don't even mind the Canto Bite stuff as much as I used to. No. I can see what the reason for it was, even though it's not the most engaging part of the film. Yeah. It's pretty dry and, and drags, but that's very common for like the middle of any movie. It's hard to keep things moving in that second act, so I think that was... I'd attempt to, to do that. Anyway. I would say uh, I, I agree with you that The Last Jedi is a good movie, that suffers from some a few questionable decisions, including that what you're talking about, which is we know Carrie Fisher died in real life. That means it's just she cannot be, and we don't want the we don't want the CGI. No, we no. don't want that. And, and that was again. So why, why have it, Luke vanish? They tried it in the Rogue One. I think that was an, again an experiment. They did it with Tarkin. They mm-hmm. did it with Leia to see if I don't know if they were. I didn't obviously. I don't know how the timeline worked out, but obviously they weren't count like they weren't planning on anybody dying. But I think they're testing that technology out with the audience to see if they could get away with that. Because then they could bring back uh, old uh, Obi Wan if they want to bring back an Alec Guinness looking old Obi Wan. They could have done mm-hmm. that. They could have done all kinds of stuff with that technology, but it didn't play with the audiences. Everyone kind of saw it for what it was, and so they're not I mean, going to yeah, go down that road again. Yes and no, because I mean I know people who went to see the movie. And then had no idea that Tarkin was. Oh really? Oh, oh yeah, yeah. I, I heard some people notice that. But I think, I think, I think it's the world we live in, which is when we go see a movie now, we don't pay as close attention. We don't soak it in like we used to. I think it's just what I think um, it's that. I think it's a, when you watch a movie, it's it's passive, and maybe you're thinking about other stuff. <laughs> like maybe some people are. But I definitely heard people who just did not realize. But however, Carrie Fisher at the end of Rogue One. Every, I didn't really hear lots of people loving that. I think most people agreed that they she should have kept her back to the camera. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, because that, that looked better. perfect. Yeah, it looked crazy perfect until until she we, turns the yeah. face and says hope. Yep. Right. Yeah, and and you sort of knew you could you could sort of see see what they what where they could have stopped it. And similarly with Tarkin, when you see his uh, face reflected in the window, that was fine. oh, if they just would have left it like that. Oh, oh. That would have just been super cool. Maybe one shot of him at the end. There was. Uh, it's interesting because the um, one of the things I had Pablo sign when he was here was his short story in mm. a certain point of view, which is a collection of forty short stories that take place around the original movie. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and it was to celebrate the fortieth anniversary of the film, of course. And so Pablo wrote a short story about Tarkin, mm. and it was about. And the funny thing is that it, it builds on the uh, dynamic we see between Tarkin and uh, Krennic in in Rogue One, about how Tarkin has been basically kind of sitting there waiting for Krennic to finish the Death Star, and then he swoops in and takes all the credit for it. And that was kind of played out in this short story. It was really, really well done. A really good. I told Pablo, you should write more fiction. He said, I would love to if I had the time yeah. for it. Um, but uh, it was a really great little short story that kind of gave you more insight to that. That character, so you can see why they wanted Tarkin in the movie mm-hmm. as that as that person. But yeah, the the CGI doesn't work out, so they're going to stay away from that. I um, the other issue with with well, although that technology will continue to get well, better, there's will, no but, doubt. But it'll be used for like again, it works best when I'm trying to think of some good examples. I mean, it looked pretty good in Ant Man, the first Ant Man movie with with a young Michael Douglas. Uh, maybe it, if it helps, if the act the thing is, I don't but know. even that 
looked questionable, I thought. And even the uh, well, Robert, Robert Downey Jr. in uh, Avengers is or was uh, it, I mean, no, it, it was one the, of the it was one the of those, uh, Civil yeah. War. Civil War. He was young in Civil War. Yeah. I think it helps if the actor is there to do the face capture. So so um, mm-hmm. what's his name as as Tarkin? Um, who's Tarkin again? Peter Cushing in the original. He's no longer alive, yeah. so they couldn't have him act the scene right so they don't have the face ca- face capture they just kind of are making making an approximation so maybe that helps because it is better if the actor is mm-hmm. actually there to do it anyway if they would have had that technology when they shot a new hope they would have done the full body scan of peter cushing probably <laughs> I, I, although there's a new figure there's a star wars black figure out which i've not seen in real life but i've seen uh, a billion times on instagram and it looks just like him. So it almost looks like they did have a scan of him. It's so perfect. Well, they, they can do a lot with technology these days, but yeah. they, can't, they can't bring people back from the dead convincingly. Well, yet. no, and we don't. And with, with uh, Carrie Fisher, okay, one second in A New Hope I can stomach, but an entire film with a CGI actor who we know has died in real life, it's just dep- it's depressing. Yeah, and I can see. I think I suspect that if I'd asked Pablo that question, he would have come up. With, I think the uh, I think the Last Jedi is uh, shot and edited as written, so that is yeah. how it was intended to end. Right. They obviously didn't know Carrie Fisher would pass away, but they they wrote it with and the reason. And I'm, but she did pass away a year before the movie came. Yeah, out. so they did have time to fix yeah, it. Yeah, so, they did. But but I think they did it to honor her her um her memory. It was her final as her final performance. They didn't want to uh, change it in any way. But I also think that. And it doesn't come across in the film on first viewing. I had to, again, I watched it this weekend and I caught it this time around. But I think that there's a part in the movie where they're in the base on on crate and they're like sending out their distress signal. And Leia's like, put my personal code on it. They'll come for mm-hmm. Leia. And there was that kind of thing. I think that's why. Because obviously they could have had her pass away as she was blown out into space during the during the attack in the, earlier in the film. But they bring her back. And uh, I think it's because they feel that the people will rally around Leia, although they don't. Nobody, nobody answers the distress call except for Luke, I guess, in a way. But there, there was like our signal was received at several locations and no response. So nobody out there is willing to help out the resistance. Where's Lando? Where is Lando? <laughs> I thought Lando was coming. I did. I was like, who else? Yeah, though that moment where Luke walks in and you have that that Luke and Leia conversation is amazing. Yeah. Uh, in that film, I love it. Yeah, so I much. get shivers when you see him walking in the with the cloak on, and yeah. everyone's like, and even Poe. Although it does serve to do one thing, which it makes the other characters seem lesser by comparison. That's the one negative thing that happens when Luke shows up. Well, yeah. Is you look at Poe and you're like, he's just a fanboy like me. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, he's not a hero. Someone pointed out to me on Twitter yesterday that there's a, they compared the uh, the moves that – okay, so Ray, when Ray is like um, uh, kind of – Sparring with a rock mm-hmm. earlier in the oh, film. Oh yes, I saw that. So, so there, she's got these certain moves that she's doing, and she ends up cutting the rock in half. And if you look at the moves that Kylo Ren does at the end of the film against Luke, it's the exact same movements, uh, finishing with the cutting Luke in half, which turns out to be the uh, the illusion of Luke. Yeah. So the, all the, but all those moves are exactly the same. Someone pointed that out, and it's like, it's kind of cool the way that all comes together. It's the Jedi training. It's neat. That Luke imparted onto both of them, I guess. Although I don't know that he ever had a time to tell teach Ray that stuff, but yeah. it's like I guess instinctual. Anyway, I but I I still wish I wished for one little thing in the Last Jedi, and that is Luke doesn't need to disappear there. He can just levitate back down onto the rock and look however we well, want him to look, and he and the outcome still might have been the same. He could still be on that island um, as Episode Nine starts. 
Now, maybe what they didn't want is for Luke to continue to be the hero for all time. Maybe well, it's they wanted be to take him out of the equation. Right, right. It's right. Be like Ray has to take the mantle on, and she has. I think at the end of the film, she is the last Jedi, and and she is passing on the knowledge because she has all the. And again, I'm still not sure how they got those books into the Millennium Falcon. Like she went into the tree and got them out. Or, it's uh, certainly not done in any way that w- the audience really actively sees. I don't think. No, I mean, no. But but the presumption is that she went to the tree, took the books with her, right. or Luke snuck them in there. But he wouldn't have done that because he thought he was destroying them. Why, yeah, then why have the scene? Or, or Yoda? Did, maybe Yoda well, did it. And after Yoda says, "Page turners, they are not." Uh, How, why, why do they even matter? So now she's going to be sitting. We're going to watch her in the next film be bored. As she, she's like, <laughs> wow, Yoda's, yo, Yoda, you were right. These are horrible. Told you I did. <laughs> like, what is he going to do? Make lightning come down a second time? Burn him a second time? Like, so, I, yeah, I, that, that's that's thread. I don't know. I, 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 I don't know about that. Like, I think there's still... Well, ultimately, what I'm going to enjoy is when nine comes out. We still haven't done our eight. I was just going to say that, yeah. But when when episode nine comes out, I think we'll be able to take a step back. It'll be fun to take a step back and kind of go, all right, what turned out to be just bad decision making in the film, and what was the threads? What were the threads that just really came together in episode nine that really paid off? Yes, the books could be one of them. We don't even know. The books could well, play the other, a the other huge one could role. Be is is uh, um, Benicio del Toro's character? I I so convinced he's going to come back in episode nine because well, yeah. why even have that right. segment if to introduce that character if you're not going to bring him back in some respect? And it's going to be like, uh, oh, we can't trust him because he betrayed us. But then he turns out to be because he seems like a good guy. He gives her the necklace back. He, he's not like he's just in it for himself. And he's just got he this needs kind to of, make a few bucks. That's it. Know? He's kind of like Lando in that yeah. way. He is. He's kind of like the Lando a of that rougher film. version. But uh, I really enjoyed the performance and I like the character. And when he's like, you know, maybe. Yeah, maybe you're right. Maybe I'm doing the yeah. wrong thing. But he, this is what I've done. So right. that whole attitude. I mean, I, I think that it's going to pay off somehow in the, in the next film. Um, but yeah, we haven't done our commentary. We'll probably do that closer to, I don't know when we'll do it. It's summertime now, so. It's the best time to be a teacher. It is the best time to be a teacher. (laughs) Oh my God, is it a great time. uh, Especially with the World Cup on. Oh, (laughs) bring hither the teaching. It's the best. I've not been watching the World Cup at all. I'm not even plugged into that, so. To me, it's every four years, and what's better than every four years? Sitting, sitting your ass down on a couch and. Having an excuse to not do anything. Well, for I do four remember the last time the World Cup was on. We actually did. Our, remember, we did our first podcast at at Carboni. Oh. We did our first. That was fun, actually. It was very yeah. fun. Our first live on location episode, and it ended up being super loud. But again, it was great pizza and it was a good time. Uh, but yeah. that, that was during the World Cup. That's that. right. So it was four years ago that we did that. We started. Yeah, and actually, I don't know. Are we going to do a remote one this summer? We or? will. Yeah, we'll find some time and go off and and. Find a restaurant or a, or a bar or something, have some well, beers. A and... Winnipeg personality, Jimmy Mack. Not yes. the one, not to be confused with Rebel Force Radio's Jimmy Mack. Oh, is there another Jimmy no, Mack? No, there's there? two different Jimmy oh, Macks no. who love Star Wars. Oh, no. Oh, my. Never shall they meet or else the world will fold in upon itself. Time, The time-space continuum will stop. But he um, he's go- he wants to be in our podcast, and I said to him, and he was here at FanQuest. Yes. And, uh, uh, where, and I bought from his, his partner owns Pop and I Collectibles, and I bought the Rex Commander Rex Star Wars Black figure oh, nice. for a million dollars because it's rare. Is it so, really? Oh, yeah, it's rare. No, it wasn't a million dollars, but uh, I'm not going to tell you how much I paid. That's how much it was. How rare is it, though? It's hard. I've never seen it. Okay. Other than there, and it's Commander, and Rex. they had it at the back of some easy to find ones. So I was like, "What the?" I actually did saw... they not know it was rare. No, they did. That's okay. why it was priced the way it was. Okay. I don't think I don't think I was in any any danger of someone else bought paying what I paid for. Let's just put it okay. that way. 
So I bought it and then Jimmy Mack was there and he's like, I want to, hey, I'd like to do your podcast. And when I told him that sometimes we go to the bar, he's like, ooh, then he seemed really interested right, in doing we'll our do podcast. So maybe we'll, maybe we'll, um, we'll do one of those this summer. And, and just as a, a preview, Jimmy is one of the uh, so-called naysayers. He didn't like The Last Jedi. He, I don't know how, how he feels about Solo. I know his partner didn't like Solo. Oh, interesting. Um, but he is one of those people who, who does, and it is, like, he'll have a great conversation about it. He's happy to argue about it for the conversation, but he's not, mm-hmm. he was not a fan of The Last Jedi and the, and the twist that it took. So, and we have yet to have somebody on that this show that really has taken that stance, right? Yeah, I mean, it's just different shades of liking it. Is yeah, sort of what much. we have. And, and although, although Schiffman didn't like uh, Solo, uh, yeah. he still liked it. Okay, like it wasn't horrible, horrible. Well, but as a Star Wars fan, it would really have to be terrible for me to hate it. Like it would have to just be. Oh, well, it would have to again. And, I keep and going back to this, it would have to be prequel level horrible. But having rewatched Last Jedi, there are decisions there that bug me. For sure, oh, I still it's the same in any film. I still like it more than a, the Force Awakens. I do, but at the same time, it's like what, like so, cl- like oh, we're this close. Like there's some, and it's not my own personal opinion. I think as a story, the plot would hold together better from a writing perspective Maybe. if a, if there's a couple different decisions. And so that I think th- those are the kinds of discussions we'll have after nine comes out, where we're kind of like, oh, okay, like what never paid off at all. And what that like just the other day on a podcast, I heard somebody go, What was Laura Santeca on Jakku in Force Awakens? What was he doing there anyway? Was he watching Ray like Obi Wan Kenobi was watching over Luke? Like, and it's true, there's like, there's still some big things that have happened that were quite, we're not really on the in in terms well, of I, understanding. Certainly, when we talked to Pablo, and this came through both times we've had him on the podcast, he seems to be all about the storytelling opportunities. Mm-hmm. And he said before he hates when people like put Anakin on a planet for three months because then nothing else can happen to him for those three months. So they're very careful about inserting things and then not exploring them to leave them open for someone else. So I'm mm-hmm. sure there either is a story in comic book form or maybe novel form about Lor Santeca and uh, and, and um, why he's on Jakku. Maybe they can't tell that story until the third movie, until yeah. we find out everything about Rey, uh, until we find out whether or not Kylo Ren is telling the truth about her parents or blah, blah, blah. There's all that stuff happening as well. Um, the one thing I'm, I, again, another thing I really wish I'd asked Pablo about is what kind of questions do these directors come to you with, like Ryan Johnson and J.J. Abrams and even Gareth Edwards maybe? Uh, what kind of questions? Maybe Ron Howard, you know? Maybe Ron Howard comes to them with these questions about the world. Do they ask you? Because certainly it was more talked about when J.J., when The Force Awakens came out, but J.J. was talking about being on the phone with Pablo like three times a day asking questions about the, the world. Um, so I'm sure that he's had conversations with all of the Star Wars directors yeah. up till now about what is and isn't possible, what the behavior would be, that kind of stuff. Well, Ron Howard, actually, and here's a recommend. We don't do recommendations on the Star Wars Nerds podcast, but here's one. And that is uh, uh, Ron Howard was on the Empire podcast, Empire Magazine, which is a delightful podcast. Um, and I love, I stand by every year with their best movies of the year because their best, Empire's best movies of the year are geek movies. And they're really good. And and uh, I always discover like some great new director as a result of their recommendations. But they had Ron Howard on there and they said, hey, was it always Darth Maul in that hologram? And he said, no. And they go, they, and they start asking, oh, was Jabba the Hutt in the running? And he goes, yes, Jabba the Hutt was in the running for that hologram. In a lot of ways, and he it would have made more sense. Right, and then he go, they go, was. So I can't remember who else. They asked like three or four, and he's like, no, 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 I don't think so, no. Like, like no, I, I don't know, maybe, I, but I didn't know about it. Like, there's that kind of thing. 
And then one of them, I think, makes the comment like, "You must have been on the phone with Pablo Hidalgo." And clearly, Ron Howard knows who Pablo Hidalgo okay. is. Yeah. So there, so there was that. It, you know, there was that, an ever so. Oh, did my did my ear, earphones just unplug, or did my? Oh, there it is. It was either my earphones unplugged or nobody heard what I said. And either way, it's okay. Um, yeah. So, so there was at least a very little hint that uh, that. I mean, there's a billion questions for Pablo. So right. there's another one. Yeah, and and so I would like to know what kind of input he had. The cool one of the cool things we learned about him when he was here for FanQuest is that he he gets to name a ton of stuff. He gets mm-hmm. to name so many things in like the speeder that Han is is racing, and to, um, we can't really reveal some details of that talk because he wants to take it on the road, I guess. And, and- I, I took notes, and I and I don't as spoiler free notes, but I, I was gonna say. Um, I, did you buy the solo book, Pablo? Solo? Yes, I did. Yes, okay, I yeah. bought it too. And one of my favorite characters is this guy. Took a yeah, picture. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, he's Corporal Charlu Gresslin, who cannot afford tuition fees to study uh, university. So he is uh, in, with the Empire on Mimban uh, in return for a military scholarship. Right. So I love that. And I said, I tweeted it out and I said, he's the avenging angel of Star Wars. <laughs> Hollywood hooker by night, honor student by day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, that kind of thing. So that cracked me up. But he, but Pablo names all of those yeah, guys. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And the cool thing is, and I don't think this is, I think I can reveal this part because it's, it's pretty um, self-explanatory. But the deal with the dice as far as the um, the uh, the dice being in now, I could have sworn, and maybe I'm just talking about thinking about deleted scenes, but I could have sworn there was a shot in the Force Awakens where Han hangs the dice up on the thing, but that was cut. So the, that was a deleted. scene? It was a deleted scene from the Force Awakens. Okay. As, as when they come and say, "Chewie, we're home," and he walks up to the cockpit. He sits there, and for a minute, we see him go, like, oh, this is awesome. I'm home back in my ship. And then there's a scene where he takes his gold dice out, and he hangs them back up on the on the rearview mirror, so mm-hmm. to speak. Um, but it was cut from the scene. But uh, he talked about Ryan Johnson seeing um, that prop and that, I guess maybe he was seeing dailies from J.J.'s shoots or something. So Pablo talked about how Ryan Johnson saw the dice as JJ was was mm-hmm. recording it, and then ran with it, and so the dice become a big part of the Force Awakens. Yeah. But because the scene was cut, and he refers to another one, I made a joke about Zuvio being a guy. He talked mm-hmm. about the toy makers. You know, a lot of the reasons why he names things is for the toy makers to make toys of all these things. Mm-hmm. But the talk, you know, how a character can get cut, like Constable Zuvio. Where he's not really in the movie at all, but yes, there's a figure for him. So all these things that Pablo is a part of, it's really just really cool as far as how he builds these. Oh yeah, these names and a lot of it is from his. He he inserts inside Canadian jokes in there and all kinds of the fun Ipso stuff. The Bay Trading yeah, Company, yeah, which yeah. he says he doesn't mind us talking about because no one else would get it anyway. Exactly, Canadian, so, only Canadians get that joke. Right. Um. But the, to me, and I said to Pablo. Um, the thing that he said that my favorite quote in terms of what has not been announced, there's a lot. And it's like, oh, boy, like, woohoo! wouldn't it be great to hear about all the stuff? Another question I was going to ask him is, what's the movie that you would like to see made but will never get made in a million years? Because I'll bet you there is. I'll bet you Pablo has a favorite sort of side character or something yeah. that he would love to see become a movie. But I'll bet that wouldn't, he knows it would never happen. Well, like, there's but, a million yeah, of but I don't think you can really talk about it because it no. might. Right. right? <laughs> like, um, he was pretty noncommittal when we had him on the first time when I talked about um, – um, uh, woo her in his the bartender at the cantina in his side story as far as how he turned Greedo into a drink for Jabba the Hutt which was a short story someone wrote at one point and he's like I don't think we'll ever make a movie about that but you know it, it might it might happen at some point because Star Wars gets weird he said he likes it when Star Wars gets weird and that's another thing I yeah. liked about The Last Jedi is that now I'm watching it and I can see the weird the Canto Bite is the weird 
That is what that is meant to be. The Canto Bite is the weird part of Star Wars. That's what the, the cantina scene is. Like, you know, it kind of sucks that we see this kind of formulaic way of depicting it. Although, mm-hmm. to be fair, the opening shot in Canto Bite is this kind of swooping uh, um, pan that goes forward. And it's actually, uh, I think Pablo pointed out that it's actually reminiscent of a shot from Wings, from a very classic uh, silent film called Wings, where the camera goes across all these tables in mm-hmm. this in this restaurant. So that's very similar to that type of a shot. It's a great shot, but then we see the, the you know what messes it up for me are the goofy, the, the leprechaun guy rolling in the in his coins and hitting BB-8 because he thinks he's a slot machine. And those little goofy jokes mm-hmm. are a little too goofy for me. But the weirdness is good. And uh, and don't forget the Lucky Charms guy. That's in what there. I'm talking about. Yeah, the yeah, leprechaun. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, the leprechaun. Oh, yeah, right. Yeah, the lep- just... yeah, yeah. The leprechaun. Sorry, I don't equate Lucky Charms guy with leprechaun. Why, Why not? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> That's the problem. Um, I took some notes though uh, from uh, Pablo's thing, and this is not by any means spoiler level material, anything. Um, but just a couple of sides that uh, Pablo mentioned. Uh, I love the fact he said. George Lucas, now that he's retired, he seems to enjoy Star Wars. Right. <laughs> and it's like, isn't it true that, uh, and I can't, and I, now that I'm like within, uh, with I can view my retirement like coming over the horizon. <laughs> and it's like, boy, I'm really going to enjoy teaching when I don't have to anymore. That's right. And that's the kind of thing. And I think that's the same for George Lucas. But I love that. And I, and I would love to know if Pablo knows anything about that weird <laughs> midi chlorians. A uh, movie that George or trilogy—I don't know—that George Lucas was talking about recently. Um, the other thing that Pablo talked about was, and he talked about it on our pod- podcast, was Kessel Run is like Frogger, which is great. That's a great way to describe it. The other thing that Pablo revealed is one of the other things that he did is um, he wrote the translation of the lyrics. Uh, the song that's sung in the barge in Solo. Yeah, in, he uh, translated in the lyrics. Dryden's barge, yes. Yeah, so right. there, there were English lyrics, and he wrote it in a that. different language. That's what. So he took in Hatties in Hatties. Oh, Hatties. Yeah. That's right. Okay, yeah. Which was again another shot of weird into to Star Wars, like that sh- shot where you have the gold cloud singer, then you have the guy in the jar singing. Like that was another. It's the weirdness of Star Wars. Mm-hmm. That's where you get that stuff. So that's another awesome part of that film. I really want to go see Solo again. I still haven't taken the kids to see it. Yeah. So hopefully it's still in theaters and I can still go. I want to see it again too. I've only seen it the once Me too. as well. Yeah, and, it's I know. Kind of, and I really did enjoy it. And I do, would like to see it again just to see like, hey, I'd like to pick it apart a little. Like, you know, I, um, one thing I'm, I'm thinking, and there's been a lot of talk about the stupid, you know, failure of Solo and blah, blah, mm. blah. And I think that. Among the other issues of you know being too soon after the Last Jedi and some other issues mm-hmm. around that film, the release of it, I really do think a big part of it was being released during the the summer blockbuster season. I think I do think they should stick with a Christmas release. December is a great time to go see a Star Wars film. It could be a tradition. It seems to do really well there. We had too much other stuff going on. And by the way, I've actually been very good about seeing a lot of the summer movies. I saw Incredibles 2. I saw Deadpool 2. Wow. Uh, so I've seen – I'm going to try and keep it up. I'm going to – all the. Well, I'm not going to see the Jurassic World movie. That looks, looks awful. But uh, I'm going to see try and see all the big summer blockbuster movies. Next week is Ant-Man and the Wasp. I'm going to try mm-hmm. and go see that because it looks like a lot of fun. And uh, but in, that's why I've only seen Solo once. It's because there's all these other movies happening that I I, I want to see. My kids want to see, and really it's only Luke that wants to go see Solo. Uh, the other kids don't really want to see it. So Luke is the big Star Wars fan in my house, other than myself. I would also say that quantity of Star Wars. I think lots of people go see Star Wars movie in summer, but we had lots of Star Wars, and uh, we've had so much. 
that the specialness of a Star Wars movie, which used to be every three years, right? Like you can't help but dilute it. We even had that talk before they even made any of yes. these movies. Yeah, we we anticipated that as yeah. being an issue, right? Yeah, we yeah. knew that that was going to happen. And six months later, another film. It's just hey, they they satisfied the appetite six months ago, and so to get another one, like, and a lot of people have said Marvel does it all the time, and it's like yeah. But they're different heroes. Different it's, characters, yes. Right, right. Yes. And Solo, you I guess you could argue that that's what that is. I don't think it is, though. I don't think – I think Solo is part uh, part and parcel of what we already know, and so it's a tougher sell. And and it's – again, because – and then maybe we could talk about, like, how, you know, Rogue One didn't have any familiar characters mm. from the original films, but yet Solo does. Solo talks about one of the main three characters in that film is Han Solo. So mm-hmm. we're exploring that backstory. So it does seem more closely linked to the original films than Rogue One does, although Rogue One takes us right to the beginning of A New Hope. But there are no, uh, there's no Leia, there's no Luke, there's no Han in those films. Yeah. And that's why that kind of stands alone better than Solo does, maybe. Well, I also think that Rogue One benefited from the love for just Star Wars is back. Remember that Star Wars is back yes, love? Yes, that was still that happening. And that, 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 that glow was That goodwill. And the other thing is, Lucasfilm got us ready for one movie a year start in, in December. Christmas, hey, here's your Christmas gift. Yep. And it got us got us used to that and this is the first one that breaks that and that's tough it's a tough sell when when you've got the habit forming behavior that's marketing habit forming behavior and we don't have the habit forming behavior for six months later to go yeah but i don't know the other podcasts all seem united in their agreement that it was the marketing that killed solo oh i don't i disagree i thought the marketing was actually the right amount of marketing i see they didn't go crazy no i worried that that would be seen as the reason i see so i think they're gonna blame the marketing on that but i thought it was just the right amount we did not get overkill we did not have a million products named after star wars in the grocery stores we had some tv spots a few weeks beforehand Mm -hmm. we had a couple we had like two only two trailers which i think is great we don't need more than two trailers anymore although these days we're gonna get four probably for the next for episode nine um, so I thought the marketing was good, but yeah, the, I knew it would be blamed because they did not go as heavy as they usually do, but you know, what are you going to do? Uh, they did do a Super Bowl spot. That's like not hiding. That's not hiding. Again, in that the was woods. the first trailer. Yeah. That was like, you know, five months before, four months yeah. before the release of the film. We always said they were going to have a marketing problem with Rogue One. Yes, right. Because, because prequel was a dirty word, and and, and because, is, is this not a saga film? I don't get it. Yeah, how does this fit in? But, but that was where's Ray? That was not an issue. It is more of an issue for for Solo than it is for Rogue One. Yeah, so people think, were confused about the timeline because of the Darth Maul thing. Yeah, and I think I do think there are people who don't even realize that Solo came out. I do oh, think yeah. there are those people, or or even know, like. I, I didn't see any posters for Solo. I can say that. I, I mean, but I don't go to movie theaters very much. No, I think they all had a poster. I saw one interesting tweet from somebody from Japan who took a photo of the Japanese poster. Oh, yeah? He said he was he was almost willing to go in there and listen to it in Japanese just to just to see it again. I thought that would be Ooh. interesting. But uh, but yeah, there's no that it was again. It wasn't like you see these giant displays in movie mm-hmm. theaters. These big cardboard displays. Um, for most, including Star Wars, the the Last Jedi and the Force Awakens, oh, there was one at the theater when we there went. Was. Right? Wasn't there the one where you get to sit down beside Chewie? You or can't something? sit on it; or you'll break. <laughs> it looks. That's the irony of it. It looks like, hey, have a seat and yeah, take right, your right. picture, but you can't, or okay. else the cardboard seat will break under you. Probably. I saw the worst one of those displays in a theater for the film about the one about the dogs uh, with Isle of Dogs. No, 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 no. It was the bad one about the dogs with Will Arnett, and it's about a dog show. It came out like. Oh. 
oh, it was like a nothing release. It was gone in a week, but there was a big issue around. Okay, so this is an aside, but I'm going to tell it anyway. So the big issue with the film is that they spend a large portion of the movie talking about, it's a children's movie with talking dogs in it. They spend a large portion of the movie talking about the handling of the dog's genitalia because that's something that happens at dog shows, oh. right? right? Yeah, yeah. So, and so it's, it was oh a weird a weird thing that kept coming up in the movie. There's a lot of parents that were critical of it because it's kind of teaching kids that it's okay for people to do that. It was a weird, it was so weird. Anyway, I saw the laziest looking uh, POP display for this film that I can't even remember the name of. And it was all it was was a big image of the film, like the poster, whatever it was, and then just cut a hole in it, a random hole. So you can stick your face through there. And, and But it wasn't even lined up with anybody's body or anything. Just stick, stick your head here. Just stick your head here and that's it. Now, often they'll try and do something yeah. these days to make it interactive like that solo one. So people will take a photo and post it on Instagram and do a little bit of free marketing for the film. Or the walrus at the zoo. What's you stick that your one? face. You stick your face right. through the yes, little the seal. seal. Yeah, 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 sorry. So that kind of stuff, but they did not do that. This is just like, oh, they took the big display and they just cut a hole in it and said, okay, stick your face in there, kids. Oh, boy. And it was very, very poorly done. So bad job, whatever that movie was. Yeah, so, but- so forgettable. And it's unfortunate that it stars Will Arnett because he's a phenomenal voice actor and a comedic actor. So, you know. Just one of those paycheck movies for him, I guess. I do think that if Solo, uh, if all of the marketing materials for Solo, they're, I mean, it was perfectly aligned with uh, Donald Glover's massive hit music video, right? As well, and it's almost like they almost missed that in a weird way. Like it came out before the movie was released, uh, and it had like tons and tons of notoriety, but it's like it didn't seem to translate in any way. There seemed to be no halo effect on the movie. I thought that was Donald Glover taking advantage of the film coming out. I think they that was yeah. his. I was Child, Childish Gambino, right? Taking jumping onto the Star Wars bandwagon, not the other way around. I thought that Star Wars oh, maybe have, Star Wars could have done that, but they didn't. Um, but I think he was he released it just because he knew he'd have a lot of new eyes on him because he's in a Star Wars film, which mm-hmm. is not something he's ever done before or or an audience he'd never really interacted with before. So he he released the the video ahead of that to to kind of let people know what he was all about. Mm-hmm. And Star Wars could have done that as well the other way, but they didn't. They didn't really jump on that at all. Yeah. And although he would be the one bringing in. You know, the as we said, the most kind of the newest fan base into the film would be uh, would be Donald Glover and his his fan base from his music career. Um, obviously, you know, Woody Harrelson brought a lot to it, and and Teddy Newton was was pretty popular. Um, nobody knows who that other guy is, Alden Ehrenreich is, but anyway, maybe that was part of the issue too. Yeah, oh the yeah, big that stars was, weren't again. The, they they want to yeah. hold back because it's not Harrison Ford. That was always you know we always kind of identified that as being an issue, but in the end. Regardless of um, what they do plan to do with these these standalone films, I'm okay. Like I am now, I have trust in what they're doing at Lucasfilm, and certainly knowing that Pablo is a part of it at, at a high level reassures me because he is such a nice guy. We we spent the whole week with him. It was so cool. The the coolest thing was like the the family reunion happening at his table. Like his parents yeah. came in and just hung out with him at his table all weekend. Talked to his dad a bit. Yeah, me too. And I talked to his mom and I got to see this very very heartfelt kind of goodbye moment where he said goodbye to his parents. Oh, you was, saw? Yeah, I was right there because I was gonna, I was bringing him over to do our like sorry to interrupt this. Can you come do our podcast, please? But no, I, I let them have their moment. But I did observe it, and because he was coming to do our podcast and heading back to the hotel and flying out the next day, so he wasn't going to see his parents again, and they're very proud of him and but knowing he's a part of it and also that he's a grad of our program that that makes me feel good i have complete trust in lucasfilm now Mm -hmm. as far as what they're going to produce and i hope that they're not making decisions based on financials based on blowback from this crappy kind of 
you know, toxic fandom that's built up around this because I don't think those people are really truly fans of Star Wars. I think they're people who just would complain about anything. Like they would get online and complain complain about no matter what it was, find something negative about it. They're never going to be satisfied with anything new. Yeah, it's one thing to have a critical opinion about something; it's another thing to troll people. Oh, for like sure, it's horrible. Yeah, and and uh, I saw again Ryan Johnson. I, yeah. he's been tweeting really funny stuff lately. And this guy, I can't remember what it was. He was referring somebody to something else, a filmmaking video and something. And somebody just replied to him and said, "Yeah, I guess after that last Jedi disaster, you could use the help." Yeah. And he said, "I he's a very nicely. I, I I'm sorry that you didn't like it, but I'm not trying not to inject negativity into these tweets. So I'm going to block you." And he explained it, and and that was it. And he blocked the guy, but it was very well spoken. And yeah, these people who are just kind of jabbing out there for the sake of jabbing. <sighs> yeah. Frustrating. But, but the other thing is, you don't know like. We're at the point where it's like, is it a bot? Is it a is no, it a kid? It's people who is are it a, for attention. Like like if I knew somebody was like a ten year old kid, <laughs> like the, I don't like, think ten year old kids I, have a problem with these movies. And I'd be like, I would be, I I would sort of be like, well, this is a stupid kid. But but <laughs> but but when you but when you don't when you don't know like. When you don't know who it is who's doing it, you're kind of like, well, why do I want to have an argument I, with a person I don't know? I suspect that these people are – I'm just generalizing here, but I think they're probably close to our age, but maybe fall somewhere in the middle with the generation that grew up with the prequels. Um, I don't know. I shouldn't say that, but I think that they're definitely not 10-year-old kids because those 10-year-old kids love – every 10-year-old mm-hmm. kid I've met loves these films and loves everything they do. And and the uh, the one thing – I inadvertently tweeted a spoiler about Solo because – Someone I know went to see the film, and they said the uh, the row of ten year olds in front of me who were freaking out when it was revealed to be Darth Maul totally made it worth it. And that's hmm. exactly the kind of reaction you want from that moment, and from the, from ten year olds because they were the ones who watched Clone Wars and Rebels, and know Darth Maul is still around. And they to have the, they make that connection. That's that's for that audience. Mm-hmm. That's what that's for. It's not for the mainstream people. Right. If they made a job, it would have made more sense to the mainstream audience but it wouldn't have been as satisfying for us for the people who've been following all the others that would have been more predictable well yeah exactly yeah. yeah and and of course there's already kind of a reference to it in the film as well so yeah yeah exactly anyway. and i love a lot of those little references uh in solo and that's why i'm looking forward to watching it again um, to see what i might have missed we are gonna hopefully go to celebration next year and uh hopefully i'm i'm you know gonna start bugging pablo now about getting an interview <laughs> Uh, live uh, live podcast from Celebration, but one thing I do want to ask him about that we didn't get to is the uh, Star Wars Land and the Star Wars uh, Hotel, which is opening next year. Now we have, as a family, we were going to do Disneyland this year for a family vacation. We decided to postpone that, and I've said because it's for financial reasons because I don't want to drop another seven grand on a Disney vacation. But really, it's because Star Wars Land opens next year. Yeah. So 2019, summer 2019, it's open in Disneyland. We're going to go to Disneyland for the first, uh, not probably not for the opening day or whatever, but certainly soon after. I'm going to try and get us a room at the hotel. I don't know yeah. if I can or not, but at least for a night. I'm sure it's going to be a million dollars for one night, but just to experience it, I would love to do that. But we are going to go to Star Wars Land at uh, Disneyland next year. This year, we're just going to go to the West Edmonton Mall. Oh, that's so. great. That's all good. That's wonderful. This will be fun. Keep it Canadian. We'll keep it Canadian for this year. Well, so let's see what the tariffs are like on celebration that's right, that's right. <laughs> before we decide to go. Oh, that would break your that would break your boycott, wouldn't it? Oh, I know. That's why I'm kind of like, well, oh. well, hang on. But the Robert Mueller report is supposed to come out in September, <laughs> so maybe he'll be forcibly removed oh, by then. Oh, there you go. Okay, He'd, we can hope. Tomorrow's Fourth of July. We probably shouldn't be uh, pissing all over. Uh... Hey, you know what? I was I had some really good conversations with Ambush Vin. 
Uh, and and with yeah. Pablo as well. Pablo talked about this a little bit during one of his panels. He said, it's a scary time to be living there. Yeah. As a Canadian transplanted into this country, you know, he sees stuff happening there. And he's like, that's the only reason he would ever consider moving back is because mm. of the state of the country. And and Ambush Vinn had a very similar, like, he grew up there. He's born and raised mm-hmm. in... in uh, in Chicago. It, no, just outside yeah. of Chicago, but yeah, in the Chicagoland area. But he was like, yeah, you know, it's it's really scary when I've, I've known people. He's like, yeah, I've known a lot of people who've been deported. I'm like, that's oh. crazy that you know people <laughs> who've been deported. I don't know anybody who's been deported. It just doesn't happen as often here. But uh, he's like, it's, it's, it, it is scary, but, you know, he's going to obviously stick with it because he, he, he loves it there. But it, it's a weird time to be an American. And I think most Americans realize that, even the ones who are uh, pro-Trump. They feel that way. Who, who would that be? The ones who voted for him. Half the country. Who are they? Half the country almost. Anyway, what who else? Are Anything they? else we want to talk about before we wrap up this episode? And by the way, we'll save that for media nerds. Well, we'll I'm, I want, I'm going to record a thing here for media nerds saying that we're going to be taking the summer out because I don't know what else there's to talk about for. I guess well, we there are talk, always is stuff. Yeah, but, but, I mean, but because it's the summertime, it's going to be intermittent. We're not here every yeah. week. We so. have to decide the frequency, maybe yeah. every couple weeks maybe. or something. Yeah, so we're yeah. going to do that. But anything else we want to talk about on um, on the Star there's, Wars nerds? Well, there's so much that we're going to be doing in the whatever in the months ahead. Like we need to do our commentary. There's we've stayed we've stayed out of all of this infighting in the podcast. <laughs> the podcast infighting. We uh, you know uh, that's been a big story in the last little while. Like I listen to all the Star Wars podcasts and they're all going at each other. Really? Yeah, it's something we should. We like this is a long conversation, so we'll. Like, uh, All right. we'll table it for now, so, but so, I think okay, it's something for myself, I don't usually listen to a lot of these podcasts, yeah. but for myself and for our listeners who want to kind of be informed on this, what should they listen to? They're to- fighting a uh, rebel force radio is fighting. Now this is podcasting and, uh, and, uh, I don't know. Like basically if you, if you listen to both of them, like rebel force radio in their last episode said, there are those who would take us down. And that's why we're asking you to be Patreon supporters. And it's <laughs> ugly out there. And we're going to, I was like, oh my God. Like, I don't know. It just sounds like, I don't know what happened. They're, 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 I don't know. They're accusing each other of trolling each other. Yeah. You know, okay. you know, it's a long story. And, and I don't, and I listen to all these podcasts and I don't really know what it's about. And of course we have the making Star Wars slash Steel Saunders group yep which is also that well that's now this is podcasting oh is that them there that's them but steel saunders i don't believe has i don't believe he was on that episode where they went so is is that part of the making star wars network is that the yeah okay yeah so so confusing i don't know i don't know should we be part of a network should Should we we should we should we start a feud yeah Let's start a feud with okay, Meteor. Yeah. Those guys are Meteor's <laughs> podcast. Those jerks. Let's start a feud with ourselves. But here's the thing. I think maybe we're older than your basic Star Wars fan. So we're not. We're, no, we're not we are gonna... the same age as most Star Wars well, fans. We, we, were, are... we were, you know, I was definitely around at the very beginning. And so I don't, I don't know. I never fight. I don't fight online with trolls. I just don't. I just, I just mute them. Or if they're, if they're a Russian bot, I'll say, you're a Russian bot. <laughs> That's right. Or something like that. And that's like right, that. right. Yeah. I have a friend who, uh, who goes by the name of Godless Mom. At God, oh, yes. At Godless Mom. Who's yeah, actually I follow her. Yeah. Of our podcast. I don't know if she listens to Star Wars nerds, but she certainly listens to media nerds. But her online brand is all about atheism. She likes to yeah. promote atheism, and, and her she spends a good portion of her time online arguing with people who believe in God. And she's arguing that there is no God. And I'm like, I don't even see that as a 
Like, why? Because <laughs> you're, like, you're beating your yeah. head against the wall. You're never going to convince them. It's a hard day online every day. Yeah, I'm yeah. Like, you're just setting it. But that's my – she yeah. loves it. She absolutely loves it. She she loves having these arguments. So more power to her. But I, I see it that as the same argument against some of these Star Wars fans. Like, you're just never going to change their minds, so don't don't bother engaging. Right. I don't mind weighing in on things, but it's like at a certain point, you, you don't – like, there's a critical assessment – and then there's mudslinging. <laughs> and a crit- there's a discussion is one thing, but just trolling people. We don't nobody wants that. No, well, so the trolls do. The trolls well, still want that, but yeah. we, more, more normal people do not. Uh, I think it's going to do it. Yeah, my meter is up in oh, soon. Oh, me too. So. Okay. <laughs> We're going to get our tickets right away, but We're that's gonna get, Yeah. It's good to be back. Uh, <laughs> that's going to do it for this episode of the Star Wars Nerds podcast. I'm Dan Vatabonker. I'm Kenton Larson. Don't let the force hit you in the ass. <laughs> Now I am the master. I'm taking an awful risk, Mayor. This had better work. Where did you dig up that old fossil? That's no moon. Now I am the master.